Hi everyone, and welcome to episode two of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. I'm your host, Lindsay McPherson, and in this week's episode, we're discussing the movie Thor Ragnarok. This movie was directed by Taika Waititi and stars Chris Hemsworth, Kate Blanchett, Tom Hiddleston, Jeff Goldblum, and so many more. Uh, my guest this week is Brooke Robinson, and as the episode title notes, she is a friend from work. She is also thoughtful, transparent, and kind, and somehow manages to take a discussion about superheroes and alien planets and turn it into a meaningful conversation about navigating change. So, without further ado, episode two, A Friend from Work. Episode two. We're we're still going. Hi. Hi. First off, introduce yourself. So, I... You know, as an introvert, I hate this, right? Like, I hate the introduction thing. But so my name is Brooke. Uh, I currently live in South Dakota, but I am originally from Ohio. Um, I guess, I don't know, like a fun fact about me, maybe, uh, is that I don't think that people would think that I like Marvel movies. This is true. This is true. It sort of surprises people when they're like, wait, you, you know, all these things. It, and I'm like, I'm not a comic book person. I don't no, know. Yeah. Same. Literally any of that. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, people probably would never guess that I like no. the Marvel movies. No. Keep <clears throat> them guessing, you know. <laughs> how do we know each other? This is a question I didn't know how to answer, actually. Yeah. So I was thinking about that. So you and I, I think originally met back in Sunday school right which sounds like we were little but no when you were still in college yeah (laughs) and I had just graduated we but I would say we became friends when we worked together at the university yeah which just like happened yeah I feel like I was just like oh yeah I trust Brooke (laughs) (laughs) we were thrown like the world's largest project oh yeah and as soon as it was over COVID hit so (laughs) yeah so lots of quick bonding experiences <laughs> really we've been friends for 20 years so right. yeah it feels that way in it a does. lot of ways it, it does it's kind of crazy so we're talking about thor ragnarok yes. which is probably my favorite marvel movie also i know it's yours Absolutely. i don't know how many times we've watched it i couldn't give an accurate answer if someone like if you no. asked me how I'd have to like find data it? on Disney plus or something like <laughs> yeah really get a scary answer yeah set the tone before we start talking about this what's your like 30 seconds or less Brooke version <laughs> of this plot so this the third I think third Thor movie the new one that just came out was the fourth um sort of smack dab in the middle of the phase one of the normal Avengers world um yeah you're unveiling your nerd right (laughs) I love it I'm not I'm not even that ashamed anyway (laughs) (laughs) um in this movie we find out that it's not Loki that is the anomaly in the family it's Thor because we are introduced to a new sibling who is equally as dark and twisted as Loki and even Odin and uh Thor essentially gets ricocheted through space and lands on this 
wild planet that's run by oh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, yeah, like I, he's like a lovely. He just kid. is Jeff Goldblum. Like, yeah, no, you're just like, <laughs> why are you here? I'm glad. Right. What? Right. Right. But so he meets up with you know an old friend from work in the form of the <laughs> Hulk. and uh some some new friends that we meet and eventually they go back and fight the sister and spoiler alert things are mostly okay in the end the friend from work is that could probably be the title of this episode like (laughs) that's the title now absolutely because that's where we became friends and really that's probably the best one-liner of the movie do you know where that line came from like a -a make-a-wish kid that was on the set and like suggested it and they just rolled with it and it worked (laughs) i know right (laughs) he's got like a fast track or something absolutely thor finds out he has a new sister gets ricocheted through space meets jeff goldblum teams up with a friend from work and everything's pretty okay in the end mostly what makes this movie meaningful or special to you so it's a comfort movie for me at this point mm-hmm. <clears throat> how it got there i don't know <laughs> but it's possible that it's like just silly enough and also like i think of any of the movies in the the mcu you could pull this one out of the timeline mm-hmm. and there's like maybe one or two moments where someone who has no idea what's going on in the the universe might be like wait what but other yeah. than that, this is like a perfect standalone movie. It's pretty good standalone, and, yeah. And it's just like it's silly and it's brightly colored and mm, it is scenes that go well with the action. Oh yeah, that opening this movie scene is, is by far the best soundtrack of all of the Marvel movies. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, it's, and it's just like so rock and roll that you're like, yes. what is going on? <laughs> I think it's called Immigrant Song. So. Led Zeppelin song apparently you're right though like it's just you don't have to think too hard but it is right fun it's like I love 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 a like a colorful like visually interesting movie yeah okay I mean I know we both we've talked about this but I just freaking love Taika Waititi oh like same. his sense of humor is just like it just makes me giggle it'll like sneak up on you it's yeah. just so like subtle and and it's not even just like the spoken jokes either that make you laugh. Like like the looks or even just like the things in the background or I, I have noticed that like every time I watch it, I do notice some new different thing or I pick up on some nuance or just some little silly thing yeah. that does. Yeah. It just makes me crack up. And Taika plays Korg. Korg, yeah. Korg is my favorite, I think. Uh, my favorite line might be, I tried to start a revolution, but I didn't print enough pamphlets, and so no one came, and it's just... Or when he says, like, yeah, this is a circle, but not a normal circle. Like a freaky circle. Like a freaky circle, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just, like, little things like that. I think comfort movies, to me, have to be a little funny. They can't make me think too hard, and make me laugh every time. Yeah, and it's kind of like we all get to be in on the joke yeah we're in on the joke like we're in this <laughs> awkward moment like you know just like these like bits that just keep going and you just like you're in the scene with them and I think that's what I like about Marvel over DC life is not serious all the time so I feel like movies that are so serious all the way through with no humor I'm like you lost me 
this is not even how we're wired to exist like right right well and sometimes like if you're literally the destruction of your planet and the like end of your civilization is facing you I don't know about you but I'd probably be trying to find any amounts of humor anywhere in the world yes yeah you're up against the impossible I think maybe what I identify with or maybe what I really like or what draws me to this movie on a deeper level is how the like chaos and pain of each of the characters that comes together in the end is like sort of tangentially related but not really and the only thing that helps them like get past that in the moment is them coming together mm-hmm. to like serve a purpose and so I definitely can identify with that and maybe I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing but you know I know for me being able to focus on especially something that's important a task that's important or a project or a cause or something I believe in Mm -hmm. you know having that direction having that focus kind of helps calm the chaos Mm -hmm. in my brain and my life Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah there's research too that when you're stressed out or you're overwhelmed and you feel stuck in kind of a, almost like a stutter mode, like that doing something can just kind of bring back that sense of agency. Yeah. So there's a book, one of many, I have a lot of books on my shelf. Um, But the one I'm thinking of in particular is Burnout, because Mm -hmm. One of the other things they talk about when you kind of have gone through something chronic or like you're in a season of stress or anxiety is to, to do something Mm because it gives anything. They're like something you can see and feel like you physically accomplished. Right. It gives you that sense of agency and control over your environment back. And I think that that makes sense, you know, rallying around, like they don't know what they're doing, but right you know right. and they're all they're, they're all doers pretty much right and they're all coming so i'm thinking like korg and meek are there but i'm thinking the three main are we're talking thor and banner and valkyrie and they're all coming from very different places emotionally mm-hmm. um valkyrie and, and and banner are very much coming from a place of like active avoidance mm-hmm. you know she's just drinking herself to death like admittedly drinking mm-hmm. herself to death and Banner has stayed locked as the mm-hmm. Thor or as the Hulk, I'm sorry, for two years. That's... And then when he finally comes out of it, like I, I think I said earlier, he's like rightfully freaked out. One, because he's on this ridiculous Crazy planet. planet. <laughs> but two, because w- w- two years of his life are just gone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was because he was avoiding dealing with the hard emotions with Natasha and and, mm-hmm. and the feelings of Earth hating Hulk and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then Thor is coming from this place of, like you said, this total stripping of his identity and control in his life. And they're all three up against this. What honestly seems to be like an insurmountable foe you know she's like destroys like the whole asgardian army or whatever 
in one scene, mm-hmm. you know, and then and Valkyrie references the last time Hela came mm-hmm. around and all the other Valkyries were killed, you know, so mm-hmm. they're facing this, this obstacle that alone, there's no way any of them could mm-hmm. get past. Mm-hmm. There's, and that's interesting. You talked about she remembered the last time Hela was around. And so that's kind of like her past. Mm-hmm. This is her past. This is also Odin dies and we kind of have to face the truth of the past of Asgard, which is imperialism, mm-hmm. basically. Right, right. Um, and we... And I think like that's part of what I was referencing when I said Thor is very much the odd one out in the family because mm-hmm. we learn more about Odin's past mm-hmm. just through what Hela has said mm-hmm. and even a, a few things that Dockery says. And you're like, yeah, okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Odin wasn't great either. Yeah. It's like, you know, totally and- deconstructing his even perception of Asgard the beautiful, so to right. speak. I was like, right. this is. We did bad things and right. like we built an empire. Us, you know, the like, guys of protection. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. that's what Odin's job is protecting the nine realms, mm-hmm. but really. Mm-hmm. But how did we get in control it? of the nine realms? Yeah. Right. How did we get that responsibility? Yeah. Right. I don't know. Meta, I guess. <laughs> um, hey, that's why we're here, right? To yeah. break this down. Also, the other thing is what this rag like she's bringing about Ragnarok and if Ragnarok is apocalypse and apocalypse means really a revealing um Mm -hmm. she's revealing the truth of this past and they spend a good chunk of the movie like that they're trying to prevent this like we got to stop it right and then they decide really what we have to do to move forward is bring it about like let it happen and start somewhere new right and even loki in the end which you know we is he dead who knows um right (laughs) you never you never actually know um no he's gonna show up again he's gonna show up again for sure (laughs) because he always does and tom hiddleston probably wants more money so right They had to decide to let go of some things and like prioritize what's important. They were really clinging to this place and this idea and decided that it's a people, not a place. Right. And, you know, then made the decision basically to bring about a bigger monster. Right. To destroy their home for the sake of people and really the world. Because she was right. she was gonna take it all back. Right. I'm like, I'm like, what does Thor teach me? I don't know what Thor teaches me that people are more important than things. Right. I think I, I was thinking about that too. And I was thinking for me, I feel like there's like two, if we're talking like epiphanies or takeaways that are deeper than just the funny or the mm-hmm. the whatever. I I have one that's like pretty dark and one that's Hey. Maybe a little sweeter. So free for all. We can edit if we need <laughs> to. We can, we can do whatever I'll, we want. So, so because we're talking about Hela and Ragnarok itself, I'll start with the darker one. And you know, she is very much um, her actions and her motivation, and this ties in with Odin's motivation too that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and how 
the sole desires for vengeance and or power mm-hmm. can lead to literal destruction of civilization. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen over and over through history and and now, you know, mm-hmm. like in a way she's like my least favorite um, villain in the MCU because everything about her is just literally about getting vengeance on Odin mm-hmm. and what he did, even though he's now dead, she's mm-hmm. going to take it out on everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, so like the, the power that I guess anger and yeah, vengeance, unforgiveness mm-hmm. can wield and the destruction it can cause for mm-hmm. e- even innocent people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And my, my lighter one is <laughs> something that I just think is very sweet about Thor that you don't notice unless you sort of pay attention and you soar. And maybe it's because he's hundreds of years old and he's met everyone in the universe or whatever, but like he gets dropped into this planet with like creatures or humans or whatever from presumably every planet on in the galaxy, the universe or whatever. And he doesn't bat an eye that his new best friend slash prisoner is made of rocks, you know, <laughs> you know? And he doesn't bat an eye at that. And like later on, you know, he's like the 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 bug girl and and oh, rocket his and Groot, rocket. Like, like right, like he just doesn't bat an eye at that. Like there is a like this acceptance or like sweetness mm-hmm. about him. And then you mm-hmm. see it. I love some of the, my favorite moments in Ragnarok are when he's trying to comfort Thor, uh, Banner slash Hulk. Oh my gosh. Because even in the arena, he tries to like, I'm going down, I'm going down, like the thing that, Na- that mm-hmm. Natasha did to yeah. get him back to be Bruce. Um, you know, A, that in, it cracks me up that in the middle of like fights with Ultron and his like minions, he paid attention enough to notice that like, oh, she does this thing that calms him down. It's true. And gets him back to baseline, you it's know. True. So we, he tries we that, knew it, like, but there really wasn't right. like a this is what the whole <laughs> right. team knows and does. Yeah. Right. So he tries that and like it like we see it kind of work a couple of times, but then the Hulk has such a hard grip on Banner that it doesn't work and he ends up just mm-hmm. getting like tossed around. And then later when he actually is Banner again, and he's like you know, justifiably freaking out because mm-hmm. one, he just lost two years of his life. Two, he's on a planet that I think he says is literally designed to stress me out. Yes. And <laughs> and he says, he's like freaking out. And he's like, I'm on an alien planet. And Thor's way of comforting him is to say, it's just a planet. You've been on a planet before. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, one. That. Yeah. <laughs> right? He's like, yeah, one Earth. And he's like, well, now you've been on two. Like, come on, yeah. let's go. You know, it's just like, a place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Settle down. It's not that big of a deal. You know, he, right. he misses the mark, definitely, but he yeah. tries to be really yeah. sweet in those moments. He is kind of like a puppy, a little, a little yeah. bit. Like he's got that like playful sense of humor, and I, I love that. I didn't really think about the fact that he, he does. He just doesn't question it. Like you right. are just whatever, whoever, whatever you are. He just is there. And like, yep, yeah, okay, you're my friend. Like, or you're mm-hmm. you're my person now. Um, but yeah, no, he's kind of like a I think that like reframing and the acceptance of Thor is he tries to just 
be there for people. Like he, like you said, he paid attention. He's hanging out with the Hulk. Like, right. <laughs> he's right. having a conversation with him. Yeah. They, they really never, no one else ever did that. Right. You talked about his, um, you know, he's lost two years of his life. And that just was very interesting. Like that avoidance, you know, mm-hmm. of, cause that's, that's kind of what the Hulk is. The Hulk is a defense mechanism. It's an escape. Right. It's a protective right. thing. And he, he ran and hid so far. He lost two years, like, right. Rather than deal with whatever was going on. And uh, we don't ever actually get to see that with the Hulk. We get the implication that he deals with some of these things, but right. um, but I think that's, you know, no one really likes conflict or tension or thinking about hard things. But I think that when we avoid it, we definitely like it still finds us and it still like mm-hmm. takes takes things. Um, yeah. takes time. And we're like, where did how am I just now dealing with this? Right. It's been whatever however long and I think that's don't be like the Hulk for me it took literally I mean you know this but picking up and moving everything that I had ever known you know I spent 34 years in Ohio I worked at the place I went to college my work friends, everything was church, every, everybody was intertwined. And I walked away from that and moved to the other side of the country and changed careers and got a whole different view of, of my role in church mm-hmm. and just the world and the value I bring to it. And I, I'm happier now than I probably have ever been for many reasons. But there are moments when I sit back and think, why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it was a pain avoidance thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's even when you're miserable, it can be it's in a known. way easier. Yeah. But I think back yeah. and you have to do it at the time that's right for you. And sometimes that time is of your own choice. And sometimes it's, thrust upon you I don't know it just makes me think of how such like cataclysmic shifts in these characters lives but also in our lives you you don't realize Mm -hmm. the impact they'll have until you're in it and I think too the the changing of your circumstances like you chose to change your circumstance in this movie a couple of them were just thrown out somewhere right and what you choose to do with that and and we've talked about that is you know sometimes life changes and sometimes even if you choose it it's still hard but it's Mm -hmm. deciding what to do with where you are and you know you talked a little bit about timing it it can be one of those things where when you're stuck and you get unstuck whether that's in a situation in a mindset in a episode of depression or something and you finally get the motivation to do whatever it is you need to do it can be really easy to get re-stuck in this like guilt Mm -hmm. circle of why didn't I do this earlier like you know in like should yourself right that's just 
wasted energy. Like be proud of yourself that you did it. Like be proud of yourself that today you, you got up and you did something. Whereas yesterday, like you didn't, you stayed on the couch, like found the motivation to call a friend today. Like you went to church today when it was scary or you said yes to a coffee date because you needed to branch out and make some new friends, even though it was scary. Like whatever the thing is, like, don't be, you can be mad about how you should have gotten there sooner or you can just like embrace it and roll with it. And I think, I think that's something, you know, we talked about these characters and how they're all handling different situations and you know, some of them charge at things too hard and some of them like run away from things. And like, I think we all end up where we need to be when we need to be there. Um, and to just have grace and acceptance for ourselves and for other people, wherever they're at in that process is, is huge. It's hard. Change is hard. I mean, change is happening. Um, But also, I think there's two parts of that. And it's taking the agency that you have for yourself to do what you can do. But also Mm -hmm. knowing that some of those choices are to choose to connect with other people because you need other people along the way. Um, And this story doesn't really get solved until everyone decides we're like, pursuing the same cause and like in this thing together. Right. right. And, and I think it can be easy. Like you're in the moment, you have this action, you know, for them, it's the very tangible action of, of preventing or bringing on to, to, you know, to save the, the people of Asgard, you know, with Ragnarok. But then the second part of that is you have to come to terms with the things you were avoiding mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. the event that got you out of mm-hmm. where you were. And in some ways that's harder, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like change is scary, physical change, job change, relationship change, whatever it is, it's scary. But if you've been in a, in a not great spot that you've been avoiding, you know, to, to save face or to, you know, protect a relationship or to survive sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But then once you get on the other side of it, it, you have to be like, yeah, that was messed up, you know, or mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm going to have to find a way to move on, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, you have to have to unlearn the adapting strategies that you had before right it's it's kind of like on a smaller scale but similar to you know the ways we learn to operate within our families of origin were how we had to as kids like messages we learned about this is how I survive or thrive in this environment but most of the time they're pretty maladaptive when we get to adulthood right like that doesn't really serve us anymore it's not sustainable right you have to wade back through it or it'll come back up right like and I think I mean and that's that's what this whole thing was Odin just kind of stuck her in a box and didn't deal with it and now now his kids get to deal with it and it's the end of the planet right (laughs) um 
and it's, and I think it is like a learning experience because you'll, you'll never like get to the end of your list. Right. Oh, I've solved all my issues. I'm good now. Right. And I, you know, I work in child protection and I have a lot of teenagers on my caseload and many of them are in facilities where they have structured therapy and, you know, they're like, I have to kind of make them step back sometimes because they're like, okay, I did my, I did my trauma timeline and now I'm learning my coping skills and I talked about my past and now I know what I want to do next. Like, so can I be done? I did all the things I'm supposed to do. Can I, can I get out of here? I have to remind them that like the point of this, where you just were was to teach you how to start dealing with the thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you dealt with the thing, you know, maybe you dealt with some of it, but mm-hmm. when you're 30 years old and have kids mm-hmm. of your own, what happened with your parents may come back in a right. tidal wave, you know, right. this, it's, yeah. grief is not linear and, and trauma yeah. therapy, you know, it's, it, it, it comes and goes and twists and turns and, mm-hmm you know, like you said, it, it's not about necessarily like the end point. Yeah. It's, it's learning how to get better at it. I used to think that the point of life is to learn how to not fall down. Um, no, definitely not. You will fail. (laughs) No life is you will fall down, get good at getting back up, right? Get really good at those reflex muscles of starting over right? and dusting yourself off quicker and like, not to rush yourself, but like just to build that strength to believe that it's not the end of the world because I fell down. Right. And unlearning what got you there, whether it was your fault or Mm -hmm. as a result of someone else's action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that I could, that, that Thor Ragnarok could get oh, us, yeah. you know, get oh, us yeah. here, but I, we got there. We got there. That's like why I'm doing this is this is what my brain does all the time. My brain will find the thing to learn and grow from for better or worse. Right. It will find it in everything. Right. And I think to some extent that entertainment and life can be more meaningful if you can look for look for the truth Mm -hmm. in all things because I think it's there and I think we would have a more accepting culture if we did yeah um if we were like if you're paying attention and you're learning from what you're seeing and hearing and seeing the stories as stories of real people right right and and the value that each person, each story, each, even each trial or, or problem you have, you know, mm-hmm. having to learn. I know for me, like in those moments when you want to rush through it again, which is a, an avoidance thing, mm-hmm. when you kind of take a step back and go, okay, this is helping me in, mm-hmm. in whatever way. I'm learning mm-hmm. from it in maybe I don't get why, yeah. maybe I don't get how yeah. right now, but I, I need to focus on, or at least I need to be aware of how I'm feeling and what's going present. on. Right. And I think that is kind of that being present and learning and seeing the value, um, which is hard, but 
it is important. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> that was a lot. Well, I mean, definitely. It was a lot. It was a lot. That was good. Thank you for thank you for being a guest. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for I having really me. I really appreciate it. Um, this was fun. I would like to keep talking to you, but without recording. <laughs> if that's Perfect. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining me again for episode two of Epilogues and Epiphanies. I hope that you learned something or maybe thought a new thought. Uh, I also hope that you'll take some time this week to ask yourself what you've been avoiding dealing with and be brave enough to start finding ways to engage it. Whether that's physical health, mental health, a relationship issue, whatever it might be. I hope that you find grace for yourself to not get stuck in the shame of what you should have done already or what you should be better at and just let yourself take the next right step. And as always, hold some grace for others trying to do the same. Thanks so much for joining me again. I hope you have a great week.